Hey, welcome to episode 115 of the Collector's Quest podcast. So in recent news, there's a new Guinness World Record largest game collection, and Guinness has criteria on what they count for what counts as a game in the game collection, so we were going to talk about what people count as part of their quote-unquote full sets when they're determining what they want to collect. So this episode is all about what's on the fringe of sets, how people categorize sets, all that kind of stuff. And it's so much more than just unlicensed versus licensed. We kind of get down into the super nitty gritty, how you can start thinking about sets and why it might not be a good thing that people are really set in their ways. And, you know, 677 licensed NES games, 91 unlicensed NES games. And that's kind of it. You can't argue. Okay, I'll do the Johnny thing real quick. I would really appreciate if you guys went to iTunes and that doesn't sound like Johnny at all, but give us an iTunes review. That would be so cool, guys. All right, let's go. Here's the intro music. to another episode of collector's quest i'm tyler and i'm here with johnny hey tyler how's it going it's going pretty good johnny we've got collector's quest breaking news not really it happened like a week ago within the past week uh there's a new world record largest video game collection out. is it last gamer i'm sorry let's say let's specify it's a new guinness world record because oh you know so is it last gamer that's the record that was broken. I, you know, we should probably have the numbers in front of us, but uh, I think the well, new record I, is somewhere around 20,000 games. Yeah, the new record was about 20,500. The previous record was about 10,500. Neither of the people who have broken this record have been the last gamer, just so we're, we're clear if you guys follow the last gamer. I, you know, I've seen his channel, I've seen his room. You can't help but follow video games and, and know who he is. I don't know anything about the guy. I don't watch his videos. I can't say anything about that. But I can talk about the new world record holder because I've read some articles about this guy. Great. Well, you've read articles. But there's almost no information about him. No. And just to be clear, we're not shitting on him because we don't know enough about him. No. I, he's I want, not really active in the community from what anyone can find. No. He's from a little town in Texas, but um, they it's from Richmond. So lots of the articles said he was from Richmond, Virginia, and had to go back and correct it. And it's Richmond, Texas. Oh, are you serious? I thought he was from Virginia. I actually asked one of my friends in Virginia if he knew him. Yes. Nope. It's Texas, dude. Uh, this is like a thing I've read incorrectly. There, man, the articles around this were so bad. The lighting is really bad in his room. The pictures are really bad. Everything about this collection is is crazy that this guy has a record. Look, $20,000 or 20,000. 20,000 games, that's a, a lot of games. I have roughly 10,000. That's a, a very big collection. So if I doubled my collection, I don't know what I would I don't know where I would keep anything. But this guy, it's his collection looks like a mess. Am I wrong? It, it- I can't help but feel that the news people fucked this up because they don't know anything about video games. Okay, me and Johnny talked here for like 10 minutes speculating about this guy's collection. We like went frame by frame through his Genesis stuff and determined he had a complete Genesis set. And we were trying to figure out how he gets to 20,000 because they're very obviously not showing 20,000. Well, in case you didn't know, there's a new video on the Guinness website where the guy has like this whole 10 minute walkthrough 
through his game room. He's got full sets of just about everything up to modern stuff. So modern stuff, complete full sets of everything Sega. And then most of his Nintendo stuff is card only, but it seems like he has full sets of most of that too. Down to like all little handhelds and lots of imports and import handheld stuff and stuff like that. But no reason to speculate on it because we know now. So I'm just going to cut this part out and back to the show. But let's get off it. Let's get to our episode. We tried to segue. The segue there was uh, we were talking about... What do they count? Uh, And that's the episode we're doing today. So sorry that it took us like 25 or 15 minutes or whatever it was to get here. But the episode is actually about does it count? And what does that mean, Tyler? Uh, Well, a lot of people like to focus their collecting into sets. I don't even know. I would probably say this is the prevailing way that like big collectors collect is they want to get a set of something. They don't just want to get like all their favorites. Even a lot of newer people, like they don't, they don't just go out and pick their favorites. They're like, I want everything I don't have because I want to have all the games. But people don't ever want all the games. No one goes and they want every single Nintendo game ever made. They're like, I want every single Nintendo game ever made in America because I live in America. And so, for example, the two major sets that people collect in North America, there's the licensed NES set, which 676 games, 677 games, um, and then nope, people collect the unlicensed set. Most of us. Uh, the unlicensed set, most people consider to be 91 games. And there's hundreds of more NES games than that, but people basically just limit their focus to those and kind of ignore everything else. So we're going to be talking about the reasons that people might choose to include or ignore a game and how we feel about them. Yeah, we will weigh in whether whether we count that or not. And there's a lot more than just whether it's licensed or unlicensed. Uh, I'm just going to go through our list real fast. I came up with 26 ways to uh, classify a game. And there's like subcategories, a lot of different ways to talk about what's in a set. Yeah. So um, why don't you like the biggest one? Go go with your number one there, Tyler. All right. So first one, regional releases. So most people say most people say they collect U.S. or North American releases. And you and should say I, North American. Just so. so, yes, some people say they collect U.S. releases, but a lot of the sets out there, you know, they include games that only came out in Mexico. And then some people say they collect the NTSC set of NES games when Japan is NTSC 2. And I don't even want to get into weirdness of like, I don't know, is Hong Kong NTSC? Basically, don't say you collect an NTSC set because there are other parts of the world that are NTSC. What we're agree, I mean, everyone agrees that you collect the set where you live. And if you don't live in America, sometimes you collect the American set because that's the best set. Am I right, Johnny? Um, well, maybe you are. I, I don't know. I I mean, I think so overall, but depends on what set, right? Because we're not we just said in the last Saturn episode, so you want to collect for that the Japanese set is clearly probably a better set than the US set, right? Same I know. With there's system. there's some people listening from like New Zealand that are like, oh dude, you guys don't even know what the Sega Master System was. <laughs> well, I mean it's also a lot like let's just say PAL, right? So Europe is so much harder to collect for because which PAL like it's not just like, oh, these are PAL games. Which PAL game? Is it PAL UK? Is it PAL Germany? Like PAL Norway? Like it it's much harder because like the UK might get a release that Germany didn't get, but they're both PAL games. Like it's very, it's a lot harder. The US set is a lot cleaner. I think Japanese sets are cleaner, but usually full of 
much more shovelware and bulk type stuff. Um, so it's probably my um, North American bias, and I'm just like, you know what? It's just easier to collect uh, the North American set. Also, like logistically shipping and everything. Of course. And and I'm joking when I'm talking about North American being the best. It's just, you know, what we know. And it's this is probably the biggest way that collectors segregate themselves because there are forums for UK collectors. There are forums for Japanese collectors. Uh, Nintendo Age is largely American and Canada. Uh, so that's a big distinction there. The next big distinction, and it's like another thing people do, is they talk about if they're going to collect the licensed or the unlicensed games from a set. And like largely they make that distinction with Nintendo only, and that's it, right, Tyler? Do, do we talk about that for any other system? Uh, well, people try to sometimes, because, uh, you know, there's, there's things like uh, if you say you only want licensed games, then you can exclude Super 3D Noah's Ark. You know, it's a one-off in the Super Nintendo set, but you can exclude it. Uh, it's a really easy way to immediately axe everything that's even close to being on the fringe of the set. You're like, I want that seal of quality, or it doesn't count. Yep. You can just be like, you know what? All those unlicensed games, they don't count. I don't count them. Get out of here. But for Sega, because there's not that many, people count them. Uh, but, like, there's so many weird caveats. Like, Sega had a bunch of games from Accolade that were unlicensed, and then Accolade got approved. There was a whole lawsuit, a very important lawsuit in the history of video games, and Accolade won, and then Sega Genesis did license them. So even th- even within the unlicensed uh, within the unlicensed world of Sega Genesis games, like you'll see Turrican. Every- Turkin is on everybody's set. No one questions Turrican, but then like Funny yeah. World and Balloon Boy, whatever the fuck that game is, that's like, no, that's unlicensed, but it's too weird. I don't want that in my set. Yeah, the, like, I, the box looks bad, but then again, they usually pick it up because it's like $15. It's still like $15. I'm like, well, whatever. The ones they really question are the Bible games, especially as those have gotten harder to find on Genesis and they're more expensive. They're like, you know what? Maybe those don't count. You know, like, we're just starting to have that conversation for Genesis where people are trying to. But for the longest time when all these games were like $30 or less, everyone was like, just count everything. Don't worry about it. And so there is a trend of that. Like you, you try to exclude things because, you know, we only have so many, so much time and resources. I I can't literally collect every NES and Famicom game worldwide. That's crazy. I, you know, I, I hate excluding stuff because it's expensive. I don't think that's as prevalent as you're saying it is. Um, What I see more is people excluding stuff because it's just like way too obscure. And that's something we're going to get into later. Like that yeah. Funny World and Balloon Boy, probably uh, much more obscure than obviously an Accolade game. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I'm not saying no one's trying to exclude the Accolade games. They just buy them, even though you can tell they, they're in these, you know, uh, PC looking boxes. They're actually great boxes. As far as cardboard boxes go, they're probably the best cardboard boxes for any system because they're very sturdy. You know? Yeah. It, and another uh, trend amazing. you'll see is people are not consistent in their beliefs because Johnny has Tengen and Accolade games, but Johnny does not give a damn about any other unlicensed NES game. But I, I have told you why that is. And I've told, like yes. I've said it on the podcast before, uh, I have no nostalgia for those. I, I have no nostalgia for hot slots, bubble bath babes, and, you know, Death Rider or whatever it is. I didn't see those games. I didn't play those games. I know nothing about them. 
I definitely played Pac-Man and Gauntlet. So, and I played Chiller in the arcade. So I, I, I bought stuff from the unlicensed that meant something to me. I, I don't think that's crazy. I think that's fair. But I'm not out there trying to say, like, unlicensed don't count. No one should buy those. Like, buy what you want. But uh, I don't like them. I'm not doing that. And you know I won't buy stadium events. And, and that's not yeah, just that's because it's story. expensive. Yeah, so, I know. Uh, so um, keep going, though. We, we got a lot of stuff to go over. So uh, a part of the unlicensed, I put it under the unlicensed game umbrella. A lot of people like to think it's a third pillar. Uh, homebrew games... There's essentially no difference between a homebrew game and an unlicensed game, except for that most of them were released well after the console was well, available at retail. Numbers. And so the way some people try to exclude this or, you know, to make it its own pillar is they say these are aftermarket games, or even more specifically, they say as long as the console was available at retail, that's the cutoff point. Once they stop selling it, every game released after that doesn't count. And that'll get rid of, like, really weird stuff like Cheetahmen 2 and, you know, whatever you do there. Uh, I I personally, you know, all of this is personal opinion. I don't see a whole lot of difference between a homebrew game and an unlicensed game. I do count them separately for NES. Um, yeah. See, I, I count. I, I'm fine putting, like, homebrew and that kind of stuff all on its own pillar. I, I, think, I think there's more nuance there. Um, so I'm fine giving sure. it its own bucket. Another thing you'll see that we'll talk about, people don't like lists to change. They don't like the idea that they can't own every unlicensed NES game. And I get it. There's a thing to having everything that was released, you know, in market versus 10 years later, people started putting out weird homebrew games. Hey, um, don't worry about it. Uh, your complete Wii U set is uh, about to take a bath as Axiom Verge is being released by Limited Run Games. Oh, sorry, Wii U. You thought you were dead. But, you know... Let's draw draw flesh from the corpse one last time. And then uh, I'm just going to mention that uh, an even more nuanced uh, thing in homebrew is copyright infringing homebrew. Uh, real big on ColecoVision and some of the retro stuff where they just remake an arcade game on that console. And they don't have the rights to remake that. A lot of people don't care. They just collect anything. They don't care about that. Personally, to me, a, leg a release is only legitimate if you had the rights to release that. So I don't care about all those copyright infringing arcade ports, but I do care about original homebrew. One last thing we have under unlicensed games is pirate originals. So there's a lot of bootleg games and stuff. I don't, that's a whole nother topic, but weird Chinese developers made their own games and these came in a lot of forms. So you can find a cartridge uh, that's just an original game, not licensed by anybody, but it's not really put out by like this kind of legitimate American company like Color Dreams so people don't really talk about it or even know about it. You can see those games appear on multi-cart sometimes, and that would make the multi-cart more valuable because it's not just a bunch of cheap Famicom games. And then if you really, really want to get into it, there are original developed games for the NES because plug-and-play systems of the early 2000s run on NES hardware. So those are technically brand new NES games running on NES hardware that you could buy. So in some crazy world, you could consider those part of the NES set. And that's getting into, like, bootleg games wiki people. And there's not a lot of those people, but they're out there. The next big category we have that people don't want to count or find ways to exclude is mail order or online stuff early. Or even if it was just, like, a Blockbuster exclusive. Um, the question here is, does the retail nature of it matter? And I think it does to a point. Like, if you tell me you have a complete 
retail license set, I'm not going to argue with you on your Super Nintendo set if you don't have Donkey Kong uh, competition and you don't have Star Fox 2 or the Star Fox competition cards. I'm not going to argue with you. Uh, people like to say that. No, those were released. Okay, those were those were sold. So they are releases. So I, I actually think about me. it a different way than that, Johnny. I Dude, uh, I I want to quibble about that because a retail release there there's a very certain way that a game has to be released to be a retail release. You know, it has to have an ESRB. It had to go through measures. It had to have a, a UBC code. There, there's a lot of stuff, and like those competition cards didn't. I count them, but I'm not faulting anyone who doesn't. Anyways, on to your point. Well, going to the competition cards, uh, if Nintendo had released those brand new from Nintendo Power, I would 100% count them. Totally legitimate release. I don't personally consider them part of the Super Nintendo set because they were sold used. So I don't. that doesn't really count as a release to me. They're selling a they, used collection. They were collective. promotional items. Yeah. They were, they were promotional items. Same with the NWC. Um, the NWC Gold, I would still consider a promotional. These were promotional items designed I for mean, those competitions. Were never even sold. Are we getting into yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we might as well. We're we're there. So, well, the whole category. So, competition cards are a whole nother thing that you could talk about whether it's part of the set or not. Yeah, I mean, yes, mail order and online. It, they kind of joined together because that mail order, the mail order nature of the Nintendo Power ones. Yeah. Um. That. So that's why why we got there. I don't count them as part of like a retail set. I think retail matters. Like when you say it's a retail release, because I think it has to be done a certain way because I'm finicky about the way things are released, but I'm not saying you shouldn't buy it. And like, you shouldn't add that to your set. If you want to call that set plus then fine. But I, I think, you know, also the, the quantities, like why would we drastically like, it doesn't make sense in lineup. If you say I have, Every Super Nintendo game, minus these two, where the production numbers were like minuscule because they were promotional. I'm not going to penalize you for that, but like you should try to. If if you bought everything else and you're already paying the Super Nintendo premium, you might as well grab those too. I'm I'm not tr- I'm not trying to disclude anything for being too rare or uh, you know too weird to obtain. I don't know. I think that if if the cartridge basically exists and it's a game, this is going for everything that we're going to be talking about. If it exists and it's a game and there was some way to get it kind of brand new, no matter how you could get that game, then that is a release and that should count in some set or other. A reason I say that is because, so you might want to just exclude Daytona Netlink because it's super rare. It's super expensive. You might just want to say, whatever. It's basically just an upgraded version of the existing Daytona Championship Edition I don't need that. But then if you go back to it, it's like, do you need Virtua Fighter then? Because that was only a pack-in with a console. That never even really got released. So you could also exclude that on the same logic, but I almost guarantee you didn't because you weren't thinking about that because that's a $5 game. Well, and then if you do, what about Virtua Fighter Remix versus the not for resale versus the long box one? Yeah, exactly. That. Uh, so that's weird because you could say like, I got the free cardboard sleeve magazine demo, not demo, the magazine free version. Uh, and that I'm going to just have that instead of the long box, which, you know, that, that doesn't really feel like it fits correctly into the Saturn set. If you only have that version. I mean, it's true. If you say I, if you, if that's what you have, 
if you have everything else and that's your only copy of that, you can say, I own every game, US game for but the do you Saturn. you have a complete, is that a complete in-box Saturn set? It's really yeah, well, weird. Well, I mean, it, and that's, that's the way people get around all this. They, you know, they create these finicky lines of logic where they're like, well, it's not complete in-box. It's the legal US release set. Well, according to this, like they they put all these hoops to jump through so they can say they have a complete set. And I, I don't know who that's for exactly. You know, if it's good to you, if your collection is good to you, then it should be fine. But, you know, people want to they want to claim some titles. I mean, I do. Right. I say I've got complete sets. But if you really like we could get super nuanced. Oh, well, do you have every revision? Well, because if it's got a revision, it's not exactly the same game anymore. Yeah, and I think this is this is part of why we're talking about this. I think there's two ways. Everyone has their limits. Everyone thinks about it a different way. So if you segment things the right way, like people would say, oh, collecting a licensed North American NES set. Yes, that is that's a set. Everyone agrees what that is. You have that set. But with things like uh, getting the cardboard sleeve Virtua Fighter remix to me personally, that feels like you're doing mental gymnastics to take intentional shortcuts to get to your goal. To me, it feels like you're cheating yourself by kind of jumping through those hoops, trying to figure out the easiest way to your goal rather than to achieve a real goal. I look definitely. That's there's definitely some shortcutting there. Um, as you were saying though, like everyone should have some limits. We're not saying like you guys have to take the blinders off and just accept that everything is out there and go get it. You should definitely, everyone who's collecting should set reasonable limits and define what they're doing. That's something we preach here. So don't worry about that aspect. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you on the virtual fight. Like get the long box one. Like don't just sit there with the carbo. It just seems lazy to me. <laughs> so like you were saying, shortcutting, I don't like it. Um, and, but I think this fits, um, as you were said, we were talking about the Nintendo World Championship carts. I think that fits really well kind of into our number six. Do you want to cover that one for me? Well, I want to talk about the competition carts because there's even four categories in here that I think you could think about differently, even though basically everybody excludes them. So NWC, regular NWC was given away to competitors. NWC Gold sure. was... Uh, so that's the same thing with like Atlantis 2 on Atari 2600. Uh, right. NWC Gold, you could win without any skill involved. You would just kind of get it. Blockbuster World Championships 2, it just kind of exists when it shouldn't. So those were supposed to be destroyed, but basically yeah. some people stole them. So even if you think Or that Blockbusters didn't mail them back and they just sat there until Blockbusters went out of business. Yeah, and I kind of get this way with Cheetahmen too, like... Am I? I don't know if I'm holding stolen merchandise, so I don't know if that really counts as part of the set. I could see someone making a distinction between Blockbuster World Championships 2 and NWC. And then sure. we talked about Star Fox and Donkey Kong Country competition. Those were sold, but they were sold used after the competition, which me personally, I don't think they count for that reason. Yeah, but for your first three categories, those were also like not really public releases. But it def tell me how you're defining public releases. If you could if you could go and buy the game when it was new basically and it's like a game. <laughs> if you could walk in it's not you have to walk into a store because I'm totally fine with Netlink edition counting. Okay, or it well, could be one of those things what it, there was some guy what was it, like obscenity laws he's like I know it when I see it. 
I know it when I see it. It counts, Johnny. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, that was about pornography. The quote. Oh, okay. Perfect. Um, okay. So. Y- so you know it when you see it. You know you know a real release when you see it. Yes. And I think people kind of do. And I think people don't um when they when they don't want to shell out when something they don't want out. Uh, we we've got there's so many weird caveats and and stuff for this. So we'll we'll get into more. Um let's talk about games sold specifically rebranded. Why do you keep skipping stuff, Johnny? You're so mean. You no know what? You said you already talked about these. Go into it. You didn't want to talk about it. You said they go into no store. non so non public releases. Okay. Uh, so I wanted you to find examples what a I got release, here. So you're right. I skipped. Uh, Caterpillar SOS was given to. It was like a Caterpillar sales conference, but that's a ColecoVision game that's out there. Uh, Pepsi Invaders. Same. Do you have thing. one? No, I don't have any of these. <laughs> um, Pepsi Invaders was given away at like some Coke conference, and then an interesting one is Lightspan. On the PlayStation. All the PS1. Yeah, those yeah. totally exist. Those are totally legit games, but you couldn't buy them unless you were a school. Those are schools bought those. But they were sold. Yeah, and you know, in some sense, those are those are PlayStation games. And people kind of count them, but I feel like they count them separately. They're like, oh, I've got all these PlayStation games, and then I have these Lightspan games. They're like, I have a PS1 collection and the Lightspan collection. They they definitely count them as two different things. But like most people who are like really going down the road, if you're hard into PS1, there, there's like a good crossover that you probably just bought the Lightspan games as well. But the Lightspan games are also tricky because there's a bunch of different like weird revisions and stuff. Yeah, Lightspan is hard. I've looked into it. Because I'm like all the boxes on eBay, none of them say what's in the box. It's just like, I don't know, here's 16 lifespan games. Uh, There's different boxes that were sold at different times. So, like, in different bundles that you could buy, like, the schools were offered, oh, you want these types of educational games? So, here's this box. Uh, This box over here has four of the same games as that one, but it also has these three different ones. Like, lifespan is is a weird thing. You kind of have to collect extras to get the whole set, I think. Yeah. If you buy the boxes. All right. Did you want to talk more about that or do you want me to nope, go into, go into the, the rebranded one. consoles? All right. So rebranded consoles meant to be used as an all-in-one product. So what is that? Outback Joey. Outback Joey is a Sega Genesis. There's no debating that. It's a Sega Genesis. It just has a different top on it. It, it has does. a Genesis controller. It's made by Sega. It uses a Sega Genesis cart, but it does not specifically call itself a Genesis. It calls it the Heartbeat uh, Personal Trainer. It sure does. Um, this is my pet one that I put on here. Because I. this is something you'll always get shot down for, uh, trying to exclude Outback Joey. And the other one is Racer Mate Challenge 2, which was... Uh, it, it came with like a top loader NES that had like a sticker on it that said CompuTrainer or something on it. Neither of them was sold... You couldn't go out and buy Outback Joe. You couldn't go out and buy Racermate Challenge 2. You kind of bought this all-in-one entertainment system. And I don't even know if you were supposed to... You weren't supposed to play other games on that system. It didn't come with a controller. Uh, I But you could get a controller and plug it in. You could, yes. So I think that's a very weird kind of special thing. It's almost in the same realm of, like, an accessory to me. Uh, I think it's very strange to count... Outback Joey and not count Game Genie because they're both they're it's a piece of software that boots up on a Sega Genesis. But people are like, oh, Outback Joey is a game. 
Outback Joe is a game. A Game Genie is not a game. Well, we'll get into whether it matters if it's a game yeah. or not. We, yeah. So, anyways, this is a thing that, you, look, we you can see it right here. We don't agree. Uh, people like to count or discount this game as frequently as they like to count it. I don't care if you count Outback Joey. Count it however you want. I have mine. I wanted it because I feel like it's part of the set, but you don't have to agree with me. I guess I should also say, like, basically everything I argue that isn't part of the set is a game I own, which sucks. Like, like I think they're cool collectibles still, but like Outback Joey, I'm like, eh, I don't know. Uh, Star Fox and Donkey Kong Country Competition uh, have both of those. Does don't it, really count them as part of the set. Well, yeah, like I told you, I don't count them as part of the I would not fault anyone. I own both of them. Like, we didn't talk about Max, but Max is another one. You know, like, I don't even know. Yeah, like, where does Max even fit in? They're probably non public releases because that was sold to the military. Yeah. So that's such a. It's, it's, is, yeah. So what do you, what do you count that? And do you, do you have to have Max version, you know, zero? You gotta have both versions of both types of guns, which is probably what uh, one person in the world has that. Yeah. Maybe what, like, Joan Bone has it? Oh, I bet Dream TR has both too. Come on. And I was going to say, Joan Bone and maybe Dream TR. I know they have at least one. So for people who don't know about the rifle thing, one was like an actual M16 that they just decommissioned and put components in. And I think the other one was a casting of an M16, right? It was like a rubber one or something. Yeah. There was two different guns. You know, that almost fits exactly. That's crazy. It's almost uh, this thing we're talking about with Outback Joey. You weren't really buying a Super Nintendo. You were buying the all-in-one Max package with the gun and the game. It wasn't. It wasn't meant to be put into a Super Nintendo. It's meant to be this all-in-one kind of accessory thing. Yeah, but no one has. No one says, "Oh, well, you gotta have Max, or it doesn't count." You have to have Target Simulator and Max, or it doesn't count. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Like no one counts those. People are more than happy to uh, just let you not own those. And not bother you about them. It's so funny how we, we bother each other about what we own. I love game collecting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell you what you own is wrong. Well, here, here's a list. In fact, I've got a podcast that's going to tell you about it. So, um, cringy. Anyways, let, let's go uh, on to games that require third-party accessories to use. Kind of like Max and Outback Joey. Well, not third party, but, you know, they require. So the specific thing here is that we're talking about the Aladdin games. I think those are the only games I could think of on NES. So Aladdin, it has uh, most of the circuitry of an NES cartridge is in the Aladdin deck enhancer. And then the game cartridges themselves are just the game ROM, uh, which is a very strange way for a game to be distributed. And because of this, uh, almost nobody counts them in the unlicensed set, which I think is crazy pants. I think there's a different reason that people don't count this game. NES, most solid console for game collecting. People made those sets, and they have been solid forever. Uh, When people made the unlicensed NES quote-unquote set of 91 games, that was in the Mike Etler days when these were all impossible to find A-plus rarity. And because of that, I think they were just weird enough that everyone was just kind of like, forget the Aladdin games. Yeah. And now we have pallets of them. Literally, literally pallets of them. Yep. Uh, there is another like corner case scenario. There's these like um, adult turbo graphic games from Japan that require like a special hue card in to play the disc. What? Really? So, yeah. Uh, like uh, High Leg Fantasy is one. The what? I think the Porn Street Fighter game. What kind High of Leg card Fantasy is. 
they require like a it looks like a like um it looks like a fake hue card in there. It looks like someone three D printed a hue card, and that goes in, and then you put the disc in. Is it like a memory expansion, it. or is it like an FMV? No, I, I don't. I don't really know um, because one, I don't speak Japanese. Uh, I do have High Lake Fantasy because I love Final Fantasy, and the idea that someone made a porn themed Final Fantasy is hilarious to me. Um, but I, I don't really know how that works. But look it up. Uh, go take a look at those. They're interesting. And that Street Fighter on Saturn that requires a RAM cartridge, that doesn't count because that requires a third-party accessory to use. And Donkey Kong 64 requires the expansion pack. Can we really count that as the regular N64 set, guys? Yeah. Uh, No, man, that's the N64. Well, like, you could get into it, like, the DSi games uh, that, like, there's four games where that are, like, the DSi set. Yes. But do you just count those with the DS? Okay. No, there's four. Okay. Anyways... Like there, it's a whole thing, but let's let's move on from that because it's like a pretty small subsection. This is my favorite one to fight about. Uh, it's non-games, and I, I, think I do have people these are incredibly inconsistent uh, in this category. They are one hundred percent. So you want to cover them? All right. So uh, the first is videos, and that could be either the Woody Woodpecker videos on 3DO, uh, all of which happen to be incredibly rare, especially the third one. And then GBA videos, they're even on like their own special gray cartridges. They don't look like GBA games. So it's really easy to just kind of be like, I don't want any of those. They're all SpongeBob and Fairly Odd Parents. Uh, the second. Don't forget all the PSP movies. Uh, P- oh, yeah, PSP UMDs. Do you count those in the PSP yeah. set? I bet there's a bunch of weird, no, rare anime ones. No, I don't. Yeah, I know. I yeah, I'm either. sure there is. <laughs> nope. Then there is uh, a proprietary format disc that's not a game. My example here is Colors of Modern Rock is a collection of Sega CD music videos. It was a mail-away item, and it only plays on a Sega CD. And this is kind of a category that I don't know how to feel about it anymore. Um, I'm thinking about kind of going through my lists and fixing it up as I was typing up notes for this episode. Because right now, Colors of Modern Rock is in my list, and I kind of feel like it shouldn't be. Or I probably need to find more Sega CD discs that I'm not thinking of to throw in there. Yeah, I'm I'm unsure. Like I I bought Colors of Modern Rock cuz I wanted everything for the Sega CD, but I'm I'm unsure if it counts. Like I've got I don't think an argument stands up, especially the way people discount other things. And that's kind of the point of this. People discount this one or count it. it it's cuz there's also this like one's hot hard, hits, right? Hot Hits is a Sega CD right. format disc and that one's like super common, but some people might discount Colors of Modern Rock just cuz it's expensive and they'll be like, "Oh, it was a mail away." Uh, yeah, it's a pain in the ass to find, so I'm not counting that, you know. Staying on the Sega CD, it even gets weirder because there are Sega there are uh non-proprietary discs that are kind of meant to be used with a specific console. And so my example of this was the XI karaoke sampler. Um is the XI karaoke sampler part of the Sega CD set? I think almost nobody would say yes. But there's some guy who wants everything Sega CD who wants that sampler I think, as part of his Sega CD set. Yeah, like I have mine. But you also just kind of get those by accident when you're buying Sega CD games. So you don't really have to worry about it. But you could also count, um, uh, what's it called, the one for Atari Jaguar. There's like a sampler disc. Where do you, What do you feel about uh, like Compton's Encyclopedia? Because even though that got a retail release on Sega CD, it was also this pack and it's not really a game. 
So yeah, now you're talking about things that aren't games. Um, I think they yeah. all count. I don't think you can subjectively determine whether it's, you know, enough of a game to be a game. You know, there's probably PS4 games that are basically movies. They're almost this different form of media. I think it's weird to try to classify things as games and not games. Like, is Taboo the Sixth Sense not part of the NES set anymore? Well, what about the Nintendo cleaning kit that comes like in a... Shut up, Johnny. Like in a boot up. Box. Right, if it doesn't boot up in a console, I'm going to say not part of the set no matter what. Okay. <laughs> and the, like the other one that that people always get, and this is like a fight I had a few times and I don't know why. Like it was only on Sega. It's like Nintendo people count this just fine. But the Sega people, there was people who didn't want to count Miracle Piano. That's not a game. That's animals. That's nuts. not a game. So, I mean, I guess that's not super rare on NES, but the Sega Genesis version of Miracle Piano is ridiculous. But you could get the cart. Like, the cart isn't that hard to find. It's just hard to find complete. Well, it's hard to find regardless, but it's harder to find complete. Well, you could find everything Miracle Piano except for the sticker on the box that says Sega Genesis. Um, Yes, that's true. Because I I tried to get it from you, SNK 2D Forever. You put up so much cool Sega stuff. But the last one on eBay, Miracle Piano, went for like $700. No thanks. Yeah, no. I think if you try not to count Miracle Piano or Compton's... I mean, it's up to you, but that's crazy talk to me. They have a seal of quality on them. They boot up in the thing. Yeah, that's crazy. I can, like, fine, don't count uh, the the cleaning kits. Totally get that. But you're counting Miracle Piano. Those aren't the same thing. Flashcards. Let's talk about those and what we mean by those. So, New Leaf for the Sega Genesis and the Blockbuster. (laughs) You know, I know know that I wrote this, but it's funny that we're starting off with, like, the most obscure flashcard. But yeah, the blockbuster yeah, uh, New Leaf Genesis the, ones. Yeah, so there's the the blue and the green one and New Leaf, and these were all products of the of the same thing. So these were going to be used by Blockbuster Video, and you were going to go in and rent it, and they were going to just put ROMs on there for you, so a game would never be checked out. It's a great idea. There's even an awesome video with Dennis Miller in it where he's hawking one of these things. Um, doesn't. Uh, didn't work out, didn't pan out. The media and everything started to change faster. ROMs were updating faster than they could do it. It went out of business. Do people count them? Most people do not. It's just like cool extras that people count uh, or don't count. But it is a thing that definitely exists. And uh, some of them do have games on them, but yeah, you know, it, it's rare to find them. And then Nintendo put out official ones uh, for the Super Famicom and the Game Boy in Japan that I think can hold up to eight games. Or maybe they hold one at a time and the label just has spots for eight games. But uh, those, I think, would be dicey, in my opinion. I don't know if I would count, uh, like, if Nintendo sold a blank flash cart for the SNES, not to Blockbuster, it wasn't like a rental thing, if you could buy a blank flash cart and take it to Blockbuster, uh, I don't know what I would feel about that. Thankfully, it doesn't exist, and I don't yeah. care about Japanese sets. And and here's a thing that no one counts. Like, this is not on our list anywhere, Tyler, but uh, you made me think of it. All, like, there was the Sega Channel games and the Nintendo Satellaview games, like, that you could only download. No one counts those, but those are games on the Nintendo. I'm, oh, I'm sure we'll list. get Come into... Come on, there's a digital-only game section. Uh, was there? Did you put... Yeah, for Star Fox 2 is... That is digital... Oh, I'm sorry, I missed it. I, uh, anyways, those are those are some interesting ones. We'll just uh, go ahead and pretend like I didn't speak. No, I could cut it. Let's out, go to worry. number ten, Tyler. Yeah, 
Um, uh, number 10, variants. variants. This is such a big topic. We could have multiple episodes on it. Um, we will have multiple yeah. episodes on variants. We already did part one. Yeah, I mean, you could slice it a million different ways. There's label variant. There's like major label variants, like the Metroid re-release on NES. There's the Gold and Gray Zeldas. There's the minor uh, variants. You know, you can have a TM that turns into a, a registered trademark kind of thing. Variance is an endless topic. Platinum I'd say hits versus yeah. platinum hits games. Um, almost everybody only counts one of each game, unless you're a crazy person. But feel free to correct me there, Johnny. <laughs> you no, know, most people only count like one, and most people don't mix. Like most people don't say, "Okay, well, uh, I've got the classic Metroid, so my nest set is complete. I'm not going to go buy that silver box one." Like people don't really do that, or they don't have like greatest hit Shinobi in their Genesis set and call it good. Oh, that would be really weird. I never thought about that. I mean, I don't. I'd probably. I wouldn't care if I had like the classic. If I was just collecting like NES carts, I'd be like, all right, I got the classic one instead of the silver one. I'd be fine with that, except for the fact that the silver one's art is way better than the classic one. Let's fight about it. Literally everybody. Why does everybody like the classic one better than the silver one? I don't know. All right. Really, you you like the silver one? Yeah. Oh man, everyone loves the that yellow box. They're like, oh, the art is so cool. It's not just like stupid. I mean, pixelated. I, I look. I I like the Metroid yellow box. I think it's cool, but I love Metroid, and I I've got some very personal Metro, uh, personal memories tied to Metroid and that silver box. So as much as I like that art, I'm never going to tell you I think it's like it would never be my preference. If I had to kill one of them, it's the yellow box every day. All right. Great. So, uh, there you go. variants, and we can go on a variant. We could make the rest of the episode about variants, but let's move on. Uh, republished games. This is a topic that, uh, there is zero consistency on, even among the same collecting community. Yeah, I have one not, not on this list, too. There's the widely accepted republished, uh, variants, I'll say. Um, so Accolade Centipede. Accolade came out on the Game Boy, and then there's a much rarer re release that was by Accolade. Uh, and Impossible Mission 2, that was, oh man, SEI and someone else. There's two versions of Impossible Mission 2. One's black and white, one has a color label. And when the unlicensed list of NES games was made, we counted them as two different releases. That is generally how I personally think we should count things. And then there's the widely not accepted things that we are 100% sure exist, but we all just kind of don't count them. And the big one there is Share Data Chiller. Uh, so before, I think before Chiller was released, Share Data released it, and it was on this blue cartridge, and there's like, what, a dozen of them out there, and they're impossible to find, yeah. so everyone just kind of pretends it doesn't exist. Yeah, and that's pretty ty- typical. Um, and But it's not consistent. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's it's not very not with consistent, the not counting Share Data Chiller, I think. Yeah. And then, e- yeah. if you want to go even deeper into that weird stuff, there's... AGCI Wally Bear. So these are games that we don't even have enough info on, or there might only be one of. Uh, so Gamma Attack on the Atari 2600, as if there was a t- Atari 2600 set. And Wally Bear and the No Gang, there's a different cartridge version of it, and there's a prototype of it, and there's one that looks like a retail release of it. And like you can, someone like went back into USA Today and found an advertisement where it looked like you could fo- order one of these via phone. And there's only one that exists. And if one exists, I think there's a, a that is enough evidence to show you that that is part of a set. Um, and I think almost everyone would disagree or most people would disagree. But 
it's a very it's a very weird thing because that exists. It should be part of the set, I think. Well, it depends how it was like if you can tell if it's actually was like a retail release rather than just like a mock up or like a publicity shoot one that was never actually distributed. So like maybe it was a one of one. That's that's the problem. You just don't know. Yeah, and uh, Dream TR was talking about this on Nintendo Age. This came up on Nintendo Age. There's actually a thread kind of like this topic pretty recently. Um, really? I did not know that. <laughs> so Share Data Chiller, I mean, that game came out. There's like dozens of them and people have kind of found sure. them. Uh, Absolutely. So this AGCI Wally Bear, what could happen is like that could have been in production and the studio shut down and it's just like, well, we had all these games and something happened to them. Uh, kind of like, you know, Cheetah Men 2. So... Then I wouldn't personally count it, but, uh, you know, we don't know, so it's hard to say. Yeah. And then, and the last thing in republished games is, uh, same name, different, same game, different name. So Chuck Norris Super Kicks, it lost the Chuck Norris license and it was republished as Kung Fu Super Kicks. And then we talked about Blazing Heroes. Well, oh, what? Even more popular. Like, I'm just going to interrupt. Even more popular. What about Punch-Out? Mike Tyson's Punch-Out versus Punch-Out. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that that has, like, kind of a material change to the game. I feel like... Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, they have to change the, the But really, it's menu. just a revision. Yeah. It's just a revision, right? I think so. people probably count things different. I, I think people would look at Punch-Out, and they would be like, you know, it, it the last boss is different, even though it's just a palette swap. And they'd look at Blazing Heroes and Mysteria, and someone might say, it's the same game. I, you know, I'm... I'm totally using a straw man argument. I don't think there's anyone that counts yeah, no, them. I think, I think a lot of people don't know that, didn't know that Blazing Heroes and Mysterio were different games because they probably didn't look at them at the same time. And if they were set collecting, they just went down a list and had both names on it. So yeah. they just bought them. So that's, that's like one, you know, that, that gets through. There's, there's other ones in here that you can go after. Like, here's a weird one. Cause you know, I love to talk about Harry Potter on the show. Um, so here's your sure. Harry Potter reference for the day. Harry Potter in Canada, the first one on the Genesis and the Game Boy Color is Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone in um, in America, this, you know, the USA, I should say. It's Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Same region, same games, different names. You gotta have both. It's not like necessarily a republished, but it was, you know... It's the same game, different name. Hey, it's a that's like a, a weird. I don't know if there's another instance of that kind of thing happening. One that so. uh, one that drives me absolutely crazy. I'm not even a PlayStation collector, and this drives me crazy. But it's because I have I have less than zero interest in budget label like greatest hits, platinum hits. I do have some platinum hits, but on the PlayStation, uh, ES oh, yeah. what was it? Uh, ESPN Extreme Games got a sequel to Extreme. And then they lost like the ESPN or the X Games license or something. They re-released it as a greatest hits and they renamed it One Extreme. And it's only available as greatest hits, but it's the same game. But every PlayStation list has One Extreme on it because it's a different name. And I don't want it because it's a stupid green label that's going to make my whole shelf look terrible. Yeah, I I agree. I have it and I just put it down with the uh, greatest hits games and just keep it off the yeah off the main shelf. But it, it, this brings up like one of the, the big problems. When you're going through these lists of games that are like Nintendo's pretty well researched, but PlayStation isn't. So there's also a ton of games on it. So there's not a lot of nuance going on. 
people just like, well, I found a bunch of different names and I just put them down. And there's very few people who even have PS1 sets. It doesn't take like one or three or five guys to like sit down and compare. It takes a lot of people with sets to like sit down and look at each other's sets and kind of parse through the things that make it different and get to that nuance. So we just never hit that spot with PS1 and don't know if we will. That's why like there was arguments like up to, you know, 10 years ago, eight years ago, there's arguments about what's the Genesis list. What's the Sega CD list, which seems crazy, right? We're in the internet age. It shouldn't be that hard to figure out, but it was. Yeah. And there's definitely people doing that with like modern stuff. People are like, what's the PS2 list? And you know, PS2 that's dead. And you know, you can't find a 100% rock solid agreed upon list and just forget about Xbox. I know Xbox way more than PS2, but I know Xbox is just a clusterfuck with all different things. Oh yeah, and you start to get into PS3 and like, like Xbox 360. Once, like Xbox yeah. is like the cusp. You go past that. Oh my god. Yeah, you might as well just stare into the void. I, Xbox 360 collecting is like nightmare fuel for me. All the re-releases and the DLC releases, like after the fact, or and then like complete editions, like with the DLC, name changes, lost licenses. It, it is. Um, that's very upsetting. I think it would be fun if, like, Xbox 360 was your favorite thing in the world, and you wanted to be this digital archaeologist, and you just wanted to get everything that's ever been made in every form for the Xbox 360, but if you're just like, Xbox 360 is one of the consoles I want to collect, it's it would just be a nightmare. Yep. And uh, part of the reason for that is our, our 12th item on the list, collectors and limited editions. How do you count those? Ooh. Do you count them as separate releases? Or they like I don't think people do, and I, but but there's a lot of weird stuff like Game of the Year editions that have additional content and things like that. Yeah, in the in the new era of games, it's going to be a lot harder. Or like the special edition just comes with more comes with DLC that's exclusive to the limited edition or collector's edition. I mean, at some point, I don't care about anything digital, so I care about what's on the disc. Yeah, yeah, like for modern collecting, it's super hard for. Old collecting, it's pretty easy. As long as you have one of them. You know what's funny, though? I say as long as you have one of them, like, oh, if you had, like, for the N64, you have the collector's edition of Ocarina of Time, it's fine. You've got your Zelda covered, right? Sure. But if you have the greatest oh, hits, yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, no, no, man, you got to get a regular, you got to get a real one. Oh, man. Yeah, I would totally think about it the same way. Right? It's, su- it's super inconsistent, but I think that's, like, a pretty common thing that people do. So careful, like that's, I, I try to be as consistent as possible and I'm still, I'll be like, oh no, 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 no. Collector's editions are fine, but ooh, oh no. Player's choice. No, that doesn't count. You gotta- when I was writing my lists, I tried to come up with a, like a consistent ideology to apply to each console as I was making the lists. And then I just, I'm like, I have to pick a different ideology for each console and write down what I did because there's no way I can do it the same for every console. Yeah, it's. It's very hard, especially if you are set collecting and people do, or, and just like, it's, I mean, that's why we're having this discussion because the way people count is wacky. It's full of their own personal opinions. Um, it's not the same from system to system. People are, they're not really confused about the issue, but they definitely have lines drawn that don't necessarily have any logic applied to them or logic that doesn't hold up, I should say. Yeah. And so I'm waiting for the person, we've said this on the podcast before, I think uh, 
Assassin's Creed Origins has seven different levels of collector's editions that went from like, you know, like 80 bucks to like $900, something like that. And there's going to be someone out there one day that says, oh, no, you want the Xbox 360 set or the Xbox One set. You need every one of those. Uh, Yeah, that no. Nope. Let's uh, let's move on to the next one. You can see how collector's edition um, big box versions like, you know, games with dance mats. So let's talk about like Mario DDR on the GameCube. Do you just have that? Is it Mario DDR Dance Mix or whatever the name is? It's DDR Mario Mix. Come on, Johnny. Get it together. DDR Mario Mix. Or Donkey Konga with the bongos. Do you need that box with the bongos and everything and the mat? Or are you fine with just the DVD case on your shelf? Which is it? All right. Do you have to? I have a philosophy here. If you need the peripheral, if it's only bundled with a peripheral that's necessary to play the game, I think... To have it complete in box, you got to have that version. Um, so Steel Battalion, you can't have the friggin', you know, box of Steel Battalion. That's stupid. But DDR games, almost always, they're released individually or with a dance mat. Personally, I've already got a high-end dance mat. I don't need their stupid little soft pads, so I just go for the small box releases on those. Okay. And so you're the same with, like, Donkey Konga 1 and 2? Like, How's that? Yeah. Is thank- that different? Would it? I don't know. Wait, was Donkey Konga? Oh, I don't even... Oh, I guess those I were released Don- on the thing. I don't know. I don't care about the GameCube set. I think mine is a just Jungle Beat that I have with the bongos. Yeah, well, because there's Jungle Beat. Like, if you bought Jungle Beat, could could you buy Donkey Konga 2, just the, the game? Is that okay? I don't know, Johnny. I don't know. I've never thought about this. This is why it's hard to count, guy. <laughs> That's why I'm saying. there. And there are... We've got a lot of examples in here of this stuff. But there are so many examples. We could be here for five hours talking about the nuance. And we could go through this list and give you tons of examples for almost all of these and just be here for a day talking about this. I think I think but, um, 1985 to 2000 is the easiest era to collect. The more we're talking about it, I'm like, oh, man, we got the right. We got it down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 80s, like if 90s. you collect it. Yeah. If you collect for in the Atari or that other era. Yeah, because that's a nightmare, uh, too. Yeah, that's a nightmare. And if you collect now. That's a nightmare. I wanted to break, bring this up real quick. Uh, this guy, I'm going back to the world record holder real quick. He said he collects second generation through eighth generation. Yeah. Who are the people who talk about collecting in second and eighth generation? Is there a, like, where did this guy get this information that it's second generation? Oh, no, Wikipedia, it, it categorizes everything. This is, the, oh, people really? talk about generations. Yeah, like first generation is Odyssey, second Atari, third is NES. Oh yeah, you what? people here. Oh, this is a thing. You go. You got to get onto that Reddit. You got to get it with that YouTube crowd. Oh, if people are talking about like PlayStation and sixty four, it'll be like, oh yeah, those fifth gen consoles. Those graphics don't hold up. Oh yeah. So is this just guy? Is this guy like a Reddit collector? Do you think we could find him on Reddit? I'm so confused. I'm derailing us. Just no. move us on. What's what's our next one? Re releases under a budget label. Uh, so greatest hits, platinum hits, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and there's multiple. There. This gets really weird. So. There's just player's choice. So Super Mario World, same game, re-released. Almost everybody just like, whatever, don't count it. Then you can get it specifically improved in the budget release. So Devil May Cry 3 Special Edition, it's the special edition of the game, only released under greatest hits, has additional content. And then you want to get even weirder than that, there's the non-specifically improved budget release. So my example there is uh, Jet Moto 2, 
on the original PlayStation, the greatest hits release of that game, it has fewer racers on screen, so it runs at a higher frame rate. And, you know, it's like the, the game materially changed there. Is that a different release of Jet Moto 2? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a good answer, and I don't, I don't feel strongly one way or the other. Just it's Jet Moto Two. They're like five dollars. Just buy them both and cover yourself. It's, I I don't like bringing price into the argument, but yes, I, know, I, I, should, I do it all the time. I'm like, I don't want to think about does. it. Let's just buy both. That's what I did with Virtual yeah. Fighter Remix. I'm like, I want the long box, but I'm going to get the five dollar ones too, just so I have all of them. Right. Just because it's easier to spend five dollars than to think about it or have the conversation later. Or yes. you know, someone on the internet will tell you you're wrong, and you can just be like, "See, I'm not wrong." The end. <laughs> this is remember, game collecting is all about proving people on the internet that you're right and you're the best. Yeah, my favorite, like one of my favorite things since forever, is just the stick figure from XKCD, where it's like, "Are you coming? Are you coming back?" No, someone on the internet is wrong. Yes, yeah. like a stick figure. It's true. It's it. it so encapsulate what the internet has always been. It's like that and pornography, the internet, those two <laughs> things. You should put those next to each other and there you go. And like now it's like pictures of cats and uh, and memes. And guys telling you how to collect on their podcast. Yep. All right. Um, now let's go to another one. Multiple releases with different codes. So I'm not sure like this is pretty nuanced. So gameplay changes. I don't know about this one. What is CBS Electronics' victory on the CB? All right, this is this is a really weird example, but it's one that I came across while coming while trying to come up with my ColecoVision list. Uh, so I believe Coleco put out the first release of Victory, and then CBS Electronics, different publishers, so you might already count it as a different game. They have a version of Victory that has gameplay improvements to it. They like they improved the game when they put it out again. Uh, so even though it's the same game, would you consider that e- pretend Coleco made both of those games? Would you consider it a different release? Yeah, I again, I don't know. <laughs> it's a weird one. Collecting starts at NES. Don't think about it. Yeah, don't think about it. But here's one in that same vein. I can speak a little bit, bit about um, games with hidden code that then later had that like code removed. A good example of this. You saw it on the news years ago. GTA. SA, hot, the Hot Coffee edition. Uh, it's which, San Andreas, Johnny, if you don't remember your GTA games. No, I that's the LA okay. one. Of course, I just, I'm just reading what you wrote. It's San Andreas. But yes, the Hot Coffee mod, like you can, you could access it on some of the games. And then, you, you know, you needed like an action replay or something to yeah, do it. It's like you, ridiculous that it even had to be removed. Yes. And then they went through and removed it. And you're just like, did we? Did we need to remove that? And then, like, people on PC still had it, so it was pointless to remove. It was a weird thing, but it made the news, and, you know, and GTA was always a hot top button game. They're like, you can go murder a bunch of hookers, but oh no, we showed some people having sex. You could have sex with that girl. With clothes this on. thing. Because <laughs> their yeah, models like, have clothes on. Yeah, like, oh no, look at those collision physics. I don't, like, get out of here with that. I think a similar thing happened with Oblivion. I feel like Oblivion had a rating change because someone like found nude models like on Xbox 360, a secure console. Like you couldn't even access them. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. It's a yeah different code. But do you count it as a different game? That's the question. Do you count that as a different game? Because now a piece of the game has been removed. It's a piece you can't see. 
but it's taken out. It's fundamentally changed. I mean, we've talked about that on other like parts. I, I, I'm not going that deep. I'm just going to buy one and call it good. I don't care which version it is. I think a lot of these, you wouldn't really care about it unless it's something you specifically focused on. Like if I was collecting PS2 and the only thing I cared about in the entire world was PS2, then I'd really want to get into like variants and nuance like this. But most people I well, don't need to worry. You also have Spider-Man on the PS1 or Spider-Man 2 on the PS1. So there's the one that in the game has uh, the two towers in it or, you know. Oh, okay. The, the twin they towers. took that out. Man, two, two towers. Yeah, towers, they, they, yeah, the twin towers. Two towers. I've been watching Lord of the Rings. Um, <laughs> sorry, America. Not allowed to laugh. Uh, yep. Too soon. Now I want to laugh. All I want to do is laugh oh, now. Uh, no. Anyways, they removed it. So that's a, th- a thing that they took out of the game and only certain versions have it fundamentally changed. And, uh, oh, what about the other one? The siphon filter one where just like, uh, well, that's just same- like a cover variant. It wasn't, was that just cover or did they take out code too? Oh, you see, I don't know. I don't know. You'd have to think about it. Yep. Anyways, that's, that's all I got to say on that. Let's move us on. There's not a lot of examples. Yeah. So here's one I put categories uh subcategories from a through h because i think there's a lot i a lot of people don't think about it as deeply as i think about this one multiple games re-released in a single pack and again i think there is zero consistency especially between consoles on this one sure so single cartridge so you can have super mario duck hunt every single person on planet earth counts that as part of the nes set you can have uh, two games on one disc, New Super Mario Brothers U, New Super Mario or New Super Luigi U came out on one disc. I see a lot of people who don't count that. They're like, no, I've already got these two games. I don't need the compilation disc. Okay, so then you've got multiple games on multiple cartridges. This almost never happens. There's a bunch of uh, in the UK, they had some Game Boy releases that came out in a big box that actually had two physical Game Boy cartridges in them. You know, you might want to count. Pokemon Sun and Moon came out from Amazon in one big box with both games in it. Is that a separate release from each individual game? Yep. Multiple games on multiple discs. Metroid Prime Wind Waker. Multiple games on multiple discs that are budget exclusive. The Tom Clancy Classic Trilogy on the original Xbox has three discs that already exist as part of the regular Xbox set, but they're bundled up in this new Platinum Hits case. Is that a separate game? I don't know boxed sets yeah. of re-released games that already exist individually on the platform. Were you going to say something, Johnny? Oh, I just said the Metroid Prime and Wind Waker. Yep, that's a separate release. Uh, the Tom Clancy Classic Trilogy, also a separate release. Oh. That's how I count Ooh. those. Um, I think... I also count, you know, New Super Mario's U and Luigi U, separate release. Same with Duck Hunt. I'm pretty consistent on these. I want to, I think I need to reevaluate my lists here. Cause I don't like I, every cartridge. That's a multi-cart, like double enders and stuff on Atari. I count all of those. I personally don't like uh, disc releases that have two games on it. I just don't care. I don't know. The fact that it's a thinner piece of media delivering two games to me at once. I think it makes it less special. So I think Tom Clancy trilogy that might not even be on my Xbox list. Like I have it, really? but fuck it. Yeah. Because it's a platinum hits release. Forget it. I don't want it. Well, you can say I don't. I have a complete Xbox set minus platinum hits. That's a platinum hit. That's fine. 
Oh, fight me. There you go. Yeah, but do I have all the big box games? So do I, do I have to say minus platinum hits, minus every single big box yep. game, minus major variants, minus minor variants, minus non-games? Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> does the Xbox Live Arcade the... disc that came with the headset, is that part of the Xbox set? Do I have to say I'm excluding that? Well, what about the GameCube big boxes for like Resident Evil? What about, yeah. you know, I mean, that's what, what about this whole the episode is about. Cry. All the weird yeah. stuff that you can. So I don't have to say I have an Xbox set minus platinum hits because I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, all the PS2 collections, the PS1 collections that came, it's, you know, they have a different name in front of them. They're called the Collector's Edition of this stuff. So, like, that is the title of the packaging, and it happens to just have those games in it. Is that its own individual thing, or is it three things? I don't know. And that's the bullet point, box sets of re-released games that already exist individually. So, those Collector's Editions, and then... There's box sets of re-released games of games that never existed individually. So on Xbox, there's the Grand Theft Auto Double Pack and Grand Theft Auto Trilogy. They have GTA 3 and Vice City, but those don't exist individually on Xbox. So do you count just GTA 3 and Vice City as their own releases, or do you count the Trilogy and the Double Pack as their own releases? Like You have to figure out some way to get those games as part of the set. How much overlap are you going to allow there? No, I'm just going to buy the big box and call it good. <laughs> and uh, uh, this is my favorite one. Box sets of games spanning multiple platforms. What a mess. Um, I, I could only think of one example for this, but Metal Gear Solid Essentials comes with both PlayStation 2 and PlayStation format discs. What a nightmare. Just buy yeah. it. I'm sure it's $20. Oh, no, but you, you're missing the best part of that Metal Gear one. There's an essential piece of information to advance in Metal Gear Solid that is on your on the packaging of the original disc that is not in the Essentials version. Version. So you have to like if the internet didn't I exist, you wouldn't you would just wouldn't be able to complete it. Oh, fight me! I disagree. How? Um, I think every time Metal Gear Solid has been re-released, they put the codec on the back of the box. Uh, I can't find it on Google I don't right think now. I So the PlayStation no, think, Classic, one of the screenshots on the back of the box is Merrill's codec number. Yeah, it's, but I'm saying else. in this Essentials version. Really? It, like, yeah, it wasn't in this. It's a major complaint that's a, that's about a, this. That's one. a bummer. Yeah. Anyways, oh, well, we have the internet. Yep. So I, it's such a weird corner case situation that, like, I need this codec. It was a picture on this. Why wasn't this included? Who knows? Why was a PlayStation 1 disc? Why didn't they just press it as a PS2 disc? What is going on? That's probably easier. They're just, they just have the PS1 code. They're like, all right, put it on a CD. It's so it, saves, it saves us 0. 0.007 cents if we make this on a CD instead of a DVD. Yeah. Anyways, let's uh, let's go on to the next one because, oh my God, there's so much stuff still left. <laughs> Games that already exist as part of another release. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is the reason that I left RFGeneration.com, because they just can't get this shit in order. Bayonetta on the Wii U. It's kind of this bonus disc in Bayonetta 2, but not always, just for the first release. Yeah. So That's what, cool. Like if you, it. it's, it's almost like you can have a different set being a disc-only collector than a complete-in-box collector. My mind's blown. Yeah. That is very weird. It shouldn't be that way. But it is. You want to do the next one, Johnny? Yeah, games that exist but were never released and possibly stolen. Like <laughs> NBA Elite 11, Cheetah Men 2, Mega Drive Tetris, which is 
there's a whole thing about Tetris. Like, if you don't know for Sega, like, there's so many... Tetris has an amazing story. You should just read up about the weirdness that is Tetris. But these games, they weren't released, but, like, copies of them got out. Should they be counted because some of them leaked out, or do they just don't count? There were games, like, they even went through the whole retail process. They were coded properly. They were set to go, especially NBA Elite 11. That was ready to go. That was suddenly like, gone. I think some of those some of those were probably shipped to stores, which is how, like, some people got them. I, that's such a weird situation. Cheetahman 2, I know, wasn't released, and that frustrates me more than anything, because it's another one of those things in the NES Unlicensed set. Everyone counts it, and it's like, ah... I don't know. Was the guy who found it in the warehouse, was it his right to sell those? Or did he just kind of like, oh, I found this thing on the back of a truck. I'm going to sell all these Cheetah Men games. I, I don't know. I don't legally know if he was allowed or like, I don't know what the law is there. And that's beyond my ability. Yeah. So NBA Elite, that was done. That like went to press. That was supposed to be released. Cheetah Men got yeah. canceled. Mega Drive Tetris they made the game and then like they got their rights taken away. So that's even like almost a different situation, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, never released game. I'd say most people don't count these. Uh, you know, I no, say that I and everyone counts Cheetah Men too, but whatever. Yeah. See, I don't count any of those. And then uh, our next category is rental only individual releases. This is a very strange category. So the two I'm thinking of are Grand Theft Auto 3 and Vice City on Xbox. They existed as part of the trilogy and the double pack on Xbox, but they had their own individual releases only at Blockbuster, but you couldn't buy them. You could only rent them. Very weird situation. Yeah. Well, I mean, what about, I mean, in the same, I mean, that's, it's different, but like all the Blockbuster exclusives that were like, um, what, what is it? Uh, Final Fight, uh, Gee, you know, the black box one that exists. Does that one count? I, you, you know, I mean, that's a variant, though, right? Yeah, but, like, I don't even know. But that I was, guess all yeah. these are variants. Well, because the orange box was Blockbuster, like an exclusive. It's rumored that the black box was maybe going to be released in Canada or maybe a U.S. release. There's only a couple of them that are known to exist. Like, what does that count? There's... Uh, collecting and, and is some hard. people, I think we mentioned it before, but some people even try to exclude. Like, they'll be like, oh, Clay Fighter Sculptor's Cut was a rental only. Oh, that don't count. And it's like, yeah, but so freaking many of them are out there that Blockbuster obviously sold them once they were done renting them. I don't, that's a weird situation, I think. Were those ever sold yeah. new anywhere? Did Blockbuster sell them new? I, I don't know. And that's like part of the thing. We don't know if some of them like ever did make it out. There And there's so many blockbuster like supposed blockbuster games like oh super bowling those blockbuster only like do we know that for a fact like wh where like who's the one fact checking all this that like it was never sold anywhere else because there's a lot of games like look at the we're not talking about this yet but like limited run games the limited run games that are now being sold at best buy <laughs> yeah what a mess that is <laughs> modern modern collectors good luck if any of you yeah, came yeah, back luck, in 2042 and you're listening to uh, this podcast, good luck out there. Yeah, write me write me a letter, because I'm old and I probably won't be able to use computers, and uh, tell me how that went for you. So I'm thinking, uh, thinking about rental exclusives, that uh, another thing I'm totally not consistent about. Uh, so I don't consider the SNES competition cards as part of the set, because they were only sold used. I don't really know what happened with Sculptor's Cut. 
it's possible that it was only sold used after they were done renting it. Um, someone tell me, like, most copies of Sculptor's well, not most, a lot of copies of Sculptor's Cut you only see out there with, like, the Blockbuster rental sticker on it. So if that was only sold used, by my own standards, that shouldn't count as part of the set. But it feels, you know, it's like, I, I know it when I see it, it's like, obviously Sculptor's Cut is a freaking game on the Nintendo 64. And it makes sense that its rent was never sold new, and that it was rental only, which is why no one can find the stupid manual, and that's why the manual's so much money. I don't. Why are the boxes out there though? I don't understand why the boxes because the boxes the sat on the shelf, like on a lot of blockbusters. Like some of them had like those like plastic cards, but a lot of the boxes just sat on the shelf. So you would bring that that box up, you know, or it would always just sit a, as the display item, and then the box behind it would go, and then it would be checked out. So the manuals, like you would think they would have just left them in the box, but they didn't because then people were stealing the manuals out of the boxes. So they were just all taken out and like put into a back room or thrown in the trash because they didn't need them. And they like, they didn't give the manuals in their rentals because then again, some people would take them. So they do like a print of it and then original manuals just went away. They went somewhere. Yeah. I just, I don't remember that. I remember going to Blockbuster and in the game section, it was just all those generic Blockbuster cases. Maybe I'm misremembering though. It was so long ago. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about your favorite, Tyler. Games you don't like because they are rare. Uh, games you don't like because they're rare. I disagree with one that you put on here. So, games you don't like because they're rare. Stadium events, kind of the poster child here. Uh, there's kind of this half-made-up story that it was recalled that people try to use to exclude it from the set. They'll say it's world-class track meet. None of those are the reason you're trying to exclude it from the set. It doesn't matter if it was recalled. It was it was released. Like It was out there. It was for sale. Yes, that's kind of going through the mental gymnastics of you're not trying to exclude this because you have a reason to it's because it's way too expensive and you don't want to buy it. Um, and I agree. I don't want to buy it, but if we're talking about a set, it's in the set. Yeah, it's in the set. I mean, is there another game with the same name that is, you know, the yes, same it came out afterwards? Yes. Yeah. But that game is in the set It, you know, both of those games are in the set. They both count. Um, I'm never buying one because I, I think that's ridiculous, and you guys know my personal feelings. And see, I just think, who cares on that game? Um, I would rather have a new bathroom than a new stadium events. Financially, maybe that's wrong. Maybe I should have just bought it, but I just I don't feel anything for that game. It doesn't do anything for me. So, and uh, I sorry, think it's the coolest events. game on the NES. And I'm you're to wrong. Figure out what it's, to do in my life to get <laughs> Yeah, it's dog shit. Stop worrying about it. So you put um, the magical other one, chase on here. What's yeah. up with that? Well, I people not because they dislike it, but because it's expensive. Like that, it's rare and it's expensive. So I don't want to buy it. So um, people are like, oh, I've got a set minus magical chase. Like you don't have a set minus magical chase. You don't have the set. That, yeah. That's all I was talking about. Right. People, people kind of try and lump those into the same. There's other games too on other systems that are just super expensive, like getting in the Neo Geo. Be like, oh, I don't. But if you're collecting Neo Geo, you're insane uh, and spending tons of money anyway. So you probably don't care about money. I actually learned uh, going back to World Record Collections that uh, Last Gamer doesn't have a complete Neo Geo set. Still working on it. Wow. Really? Neo Geo must be hey. really hard. <laughs> yeah, Neo Geo must be super expensive and also hard to find. F last gamer didn't do it. Yeah. All right. So there's more I want to talk about here. Um, on NES specifically, the Sachin games. And now there's a, a big part of the reason it goes back to the, we just simply don't know enough about the Sachin games. 
they're from Taiwan, but it is potentially possible, even maybe likely, that at least someone imported the games to America and sold them here, but because they're just so obscure, you never see a Satchin game. You're never going to go to your game store. Literally, you will never go to your game store and see a Satchin game. It just won't happen. So no one considers them in the unlicensed NES set. Yeah, people, I mean, just saying, it's hard to prove out. Like, who imported them? What, what, like, were they ever intended for U.S. retail release? That's always my question. Well, I mean, with the unlicensed thing, it's like, what? who cares? <laughs> it's unlicensed. It's the Wild West. I, anyway. I mean, it's unlicensed, but even unlicensed game. Look, it's, uh, I hate, you know, I how I feel I about all, all the unlicensed I know you games. Hate. They I don't do anything for me that so are weird. weird. Blech. Anyways. And so, ga- uh, games you don't like just because they're rare. Share Data Chiller, I think, is probably the Nintendo community... They're like being the most disingenuous with themselves by not considering this a release. Uh, it doesn't have a separate page on the Nintendo Power. Uh, not uh, it doesn't have a separate page on Nintendo Age. It's just a separate picture under the regular Chiller release. When so many other games that have been published multiple times have separate releases, this one's just kind of getting shunned because it is so incredibly rare. Uh, and kind of the same thing with AGCI Wally Bear. Games like this. A big problem is that people don't like the idea that one game can come out or like this very small handful of stuff can come out and change their set list with essentially an item that they could never possibly own because people want to be able to own the set. I don't like the idea that the list can never change. So especially with like the Satchin games, people will give whatever excuse that they want for uh, excluding the Satchin games. I think if you showed somebody a photograph of a blockbuster selling Satchin games, it wouldn't change anything. Nobody would change the list. People haven't even put Aladdin games on the list for the most part yet. And uh, I think more people are comfortable with Aladdin because it's so easy to find now. So there's my speech. Don't don't exclude stuff just because it's incredibly rare. Go ahead and add that share data chiller to your list. Yeah, uh, agreed. But also, if you don't want unlicensed stuff because it's trash get that too yeah i guess i guess most of the stuff is unlicensed what's like is there a really good licensed example besides stadium events or magical chase no not really no <laughs> i mean stadium events is the poster boy of this one i don't like this game i'm not spending money on it i'm not i'm gonna try as hard as i can not to count it and also do this uh our third item under this uh substitute that game with a more common version of it from another region so you're like, I hate stadium events, but I'm going to spend $400 on this PAL copy. Now I call it good. Now I've got the set. And here's here's where I agree with them a little bit. A little bit. And you can fight me on this. If you were saying, and I'm assuming now that you own every game also from PAL, you say, I've got all the Nintendo games from North America so- and Europe. Yeah. Can you mix regions there? Oh, I'm totally on board with that. If they're going to make that claim and they have the PAL Stadium events, fine. But if you're just saying, I have the US NES set and you just have this stupid $400 PAL Stadium events, the only person you're fooling is yourself. Yeah. And But maybe that's fine. Like, if that checks the box on your OCD, by all means... Don't let that, if that's the thing that gets you over the hump, please do it. Um, people do this with Magical Chase as well. Um, I almost did it. I was like, God, I really want it. Am I ever going to, I just kind of want to see Magical Chase on the shelf. Yeah, right. And You're then I decided, it, nah, 
I didn't. I just said no. I'm not going to buy the uh, Japanese copy. I said if I'm going to buy it, I'm going to buy the oh, the yeah. U.S. one. So I, I I drew my line in the sand, but I was very close. I was very close. I, I get that that thinking. I do not own a PAL copy of Stadium Events. I do have a repro that someone gave me. And I stuck it on the shelf said, sure, that's good enough for me. There it is, Stadium Events. You want to play it? You can go play it. I So I would buy a PAL Stadium Events, but people are paying like crazy prices. I don't know. What do you remember? Thing. It was used to just be like $70. Even, oh, it used to even be less when, than that even. Yeah. Like, I mean, a box I mean, everything was like 70 to 100 bucks. Yeah. But stadium events was still like several thousand dollars, and people were like, "Nah, pal, one here's like fifty bucks for you." And I still I didn't do it then, so I didn't do it when it was fifty dollars. I'm not doing it now when it's like five hundred dollars. Yep. So, so. Uh, from our perspective, if the game exists, or at least from my perspective, if it exists, even if there's one, if you could prove that it was released, so you know, maybe not AGCI Wally Bear, that's the weird thing, but like Gamma Attack on 2600, that's out there, I think, if you're going to talk about the 2600 set, that's in it. Hey, Tyler, maybe I'll do it. It'll be cheaper for me to go buy every European exclusive and buy that European PAL so I can have a North American and European set. And then once you do that, I'll be like, all right, you want the worldwide set? Go get uh, Hong Kong Mahjong. And first of all, you just won't find one. It's one of those games that's just like a set killer, so... Even though it's a, this is perfect for this freaking Mahjong on NES. It's a licensed Nintendo NES game. Nobody cares about it. Even the licensed people, and they care about everything. Oh, yep. I gotta get worked up about so, Mahjong. Yeah, you know, tell us more about Mahjong. Where where could you buy Mahjong? I have no idea. There's like like ten copies that exist. It looks like a Nintendo game. It says Nintendo on it. No one has it. Which region was it though? Hong Kong. Yeah. So there were there was like thirty something NES games that came out in Hong Kong, and that was just like the one exclusive. And uh, my soon to be mother in law is out there looking for one for me. I'm like, here, ho- this is worth like five grand. Go find one of these for me with your friends. Yeah, do that. I hope she brings you one home. Oh God, that would be the best wedding gift. No, the best wedding gift would be stadium events. That would be the second best wedding gift because I like that weird stuff. I'm gonna bring you a pal copy of stadium <laughs> events. <laughs> Not on the registry. <laughs> Stadium you events, should. please. Gross. U.S. All right, let's talk about um, the ridiculous shit that basically no one argues about, and let's let's go this a little, right. a little quickly. This is more uh, like thought exercise, straw man kind of stuff, yeah. because no one actually argues this stuff. So uh, anything digital that includes things like the new Spyro trilogy, because you know it's got two and three only DLC, right? And and same with um, Bayonetta on the Switch. So it comes with Bayonetta 1 and 2, but one of them, you get a cartridge, one of them, oh, you get a digital download. I didn't think about that. How dirty. How dirty, Nintendo. Yep. Gross. I also put Sonic Mania, the collector's edition. They re-released it, but the original one, you know, where it came with the, the Sonic standing on the Genesis, that was just a digital code and you got a Sonic statue. There's multiple games like that. Uh, yeah. The Battle Garega came out in, like, I forgot, Japan, and it's a huge collector's edition with all this cool stuff, but it doesn't actually have the game except for a DLC code. In my mind, if it doesn't have the game, you know, you don't have the game on your shelf. Right. Um... I put, uh, Star I put Fox PT 2. here. Okay. Pick one to talk about. No, go ahead. PT. I put PT here. 
I don't think anyone would consider it part of a set, but P- PT is like this collectible, downloadable thing because it got delisted from the PSN store. So that's just kind of a weird thing that happened. And then Star Fox 2 is the only one where I think we saw someone legitimately try to argue Star there Fox 2. There was a 2. thread on Nintendo Age. Yes. Said you need you need a SNES Mini with Star Fox 2 on it to have the complete Super Nintendo set. That's a Super Nintendo game released by Nintendo now. Um, obviously no, a very crazy no. argument to make. Um, yes. Also, anybody who has an SNES set probably already has an SNES Classic, so kind of not an argument anyone needs to make. But if you want to get really technical about it, someone could try to argue that. And okay. if you go down that route, I'm going to argue that every plug-and-play console that runs off an NES and a chip, Atari Flashback 1, that's part of the NES set. It's got all original Atari games that are actually running on an NES. Yeah. And now you need to have a full NES set for the, like, um, like Super Nintendo set. All the, like, the Williams and the Midways collector's pack. You need to go find those original physical games and now own those, too. Or you don't have a complete set. Because they were released on a Super Nintendo. What the heck are you talking about? I don't even know what you're talking about. No, like, you know, the, the, like, any of the Atari collections that were made. Oh, for, oh, you like, said Williams. Yeah. I just immediately started yeah. thinking of pinball collections. Yeah. So I'm like, well, they, I mean, once upon a time they made, you know, yeah, Midway, Arcade like games. the Midway Arcade Classics, like those ones. Like, it would be insane to tell people that you need to go buy those games in a physical edition to have the complete Super Nintendo set well, because those are part they, of the, the complete ROMs. arcade game set. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was ROMs. Arcade games out there? Yeah, no. Nope. Anyways, that's, I'm derailing us. Let's go to your next one. This one's crazy. I don't, I just wrong printed discs. I don't even know why I thought of this. Um, there's a copy of Lord of the Rings, the third age that actually has crash twin sanity printed on the disc. I don't know if you would consider that a separate release. Maybe if you're a crazy person, the same thing happened. Also a Lord of the Rings game, Lego Lord of the Rings on 360. There's a demo disc of it that has the full game on it. Is I want both a of variant now. that would be part of the set. Weird. What? Nope. <laughs> nope. You okay. shouldn't count those, but I want both of them now. Oh, they are like multiple years searching hard to find. At least that Lord of the Rings Third Age one, I know. Because how are you going to know? You're going to have to boot up basically every copy of Lord of the Rings of Third Age. And I'm sure there are very few out there because that's a big fuck up. Yep. I mean, I really want the one I really want is the demo disc, the full game. I think that's funny. All, All right. right. The next one is demos, betas, prototypes, magazine desks, discs, samplers. Christmas Nights Into Dreams is the big one. Um, sometimes people count that as part of the set and then not at all. Like, you can, like, Sega Nights is the one, or Christmas Nights is the one that people will say, yeah, that counts. But then the other, like, slew of demo discs on there don't count. How, how does how does this one count, but you don't count the rest? And I think people try to make the exception for Sega Nights because it had, like, different levels. It is... It is like a retro version of what DLC would have been. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it, it's weird. Um, sometimes I see people put the Xbox exhibition discs in with the Xbox set or even like Xbox demos in with the Xbox set. Uh, that seems crazy to me. It's like it's not a, it's not a game. It's like this different form of media. It's this demo disc. And like even with Xbox, there's like demos that people don't even know exist. So trying to put them in a set is crazy. But again, no one really does this. Um, limited print companies, region free games that ship worldwide, like super rare games. Uh, that's a company that makes 
Switch games, do you count those for the US set because they ship worldwide? Yeah, this just seems like a nightmare. Like you're going to if you're really going to start collecting sets at some point in the future, you're just going to have to be like I collect the ESRB set of Switch games because, you know, I could go buy limited print games that are coming from another country, but they're region free. Yeah, and I And don't... some people will try to exclude all those limited print companies entirely. And then even then, on top of that, limited run games are at Best Buy now. Modern collecting is a nightmare. I'm out. Yep. Well, we lost Tyler. We've talked about modern collecting too much and Tyler just left. But yeah, I don't know. Like, are, are there going to be people in this world who are like, oh, I have the complete Vita set that was released in stores, but I didn't get anything from any of the special editions from uh, Nis America or, uh, you know, limited run games. I just skipped all of those ones. The, the idea of it just, it gives me heart palpitations, but good luck in the future here, guys. I think they all count, by the way, that's my personal opinion. They all count. So if you want that Vita set, you got to get them all. I'm a, I'm a proponent of the ESRB set has the ESRB logo. That's part of my set. I don't collect anything modern, so whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter to you. Uh, tell me about pirate. Oh, pirate multi-carts. No one really cares. We'll talk about the next two. There are a finite number of pirate multi-carts. I guess they're still being released, but in terms of vintage pirate multi-carts, there are a finite number of them. They're definitely not all documented. Some of them are. You could theoretically collect every pirate multi-cart that came out in Japan, or, you know, China, not Japan. I don't know. That's crazy. Uh, Fancy pirate games. Uh, Okay, so (laughs) these aren't part of any sets, but some people collect these for some reason. Um, I guess PC Engine Memories, that's a bunch of bootleg PC Engine games. They look nearly identical to a regular game. Oh, what a nightmare. Like, for instance, you... Well, no, talk about PC. Like, you could get Castlevania in there. You could get Super Airzonk games that are hard and expensive, but they're they're just pirates. They're just bootlegs. If uh, you see... Yeah, if you see a PC Engine game and it's like... A third of the price that it should be. You didn't find a deal. It's one of these stupid bootlegs that's out there. And some people freaking collect this stuff. They love it. I hate it. Another weird one. uh, Rose Colored Gaming used to put out uh, a bunch of bootleg games. One of them was Shadowhawk, which was, I think it was a prototype based on some kind of comic property. And they got sued out of existence. The the comic property Shadowhawk. Well, yeah, sure. Is that like some Marvel thing? No, it was uh, one of those bad comic uh, of the 90s that went under i think all right perfect um yeah so that's that's out there that's not a release because it's totally bootleg but you know if you want to collect bootleg stuff there you go yep if you want it but don't i, I don't think you should count it don't. i don't of course not and if people nope. uh if people take famicom games and re-release them on nes cartridges in the like they might have put a lot of arts and crafts into it but i mean there's i even not counting sets there's, there's nothing collectible there all right. Uh, do, are we actually going to talk about these? Or are we going to skip this section, Johnny, because you think we're running long? Well, I mean, we are running long, but... Um, I think we, we've actually yeah, talked I, about most of these. I'll just cut this yeah, whole section well, like, that we're we talking did, about. I was going to say, we, we went into this. We, this was a section that we talked about would be fun to debate, like Outback Joey, the Share Data Chiller. So we, we covered most of this stuff. Um, so let's very quickly move into uh, what we are buying and what we are playing and uh, it's a shame that Stefan's not here because he's got the good stories, and we don't. So, Tyler, what did you buy? Really, I was going to just, like, completely 
skip over him and pretend he didn't just buy Nintendo World Championships. But I wasn't okay. gonna. I wasn't gonna spoil it. Now you're gonna bleep that. <laughs> As if everyone doesn't know already. I well, I mean, it's not like that. he posted it 48 times to make sure that you knew. Very excited for him. It's an awesome find. But he made sure you knew. In fact, yes. The fact that he hasn't said it more is actually, I mean, surprising to me. But we'll let him talk about it. We'll let him tell his story when he comes back to the podcast next week. Yeah, the uh, the news trucks are coming over to his house uh, next weekend. Yeah, we'll we'll send you the the video link. So we won't I've do that. there's no trucks. <laughs> uh, so I have been. What have I been doing? I've been searching for the last game I need on Sega Genesis, and I've been searching for a few rare Super Nintendo games at good prices, and I haven't found them. So instead, what I've been doing is I've been going back and just buying. Uh, complete nintendo games because those are fun too i got uh battle of olympus great game nice uh, i love the, that game the mutant virus i bid on i put a super low vol bid on it as a joke because i think it's one of the worst nes games and i won it so now i have a really nice copy of the mutant virus f-zero i got and doom 64 nice those are all good pickups uh yeah except then, the mutant uh, virus but it's a nice copy so even that's a good pickup I've got a cool buyer's remorse one. So I bought a green uh, Sega Game Factory cart because I thought so it didn't have a label on it, but I thought it was just a really nice copy that never had a label on it. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then I got it and I realized that it had like a small tear in the label. It's like, oh, someone just took the label off this. So now I want to get rid of that and get a green Game Factory cart with a label on it. Yeah, that is that is tragedy. I love those carts, by the way. I think Pretty they cool. look super cool. Uh, they're very really cool the next 90s. to a new leaf cart, though. Yeah. Well, I've got all of them, so. Yeah, Whatever. I know. Did So uh, that was also from SNK2D Forever. Uh, he can't really? have any Sega stuff left. Dude, he's been putting, like, just nonsense Sega stuff up all the time. Uh, he sold a new leaf cart last week, maybe two weeks ago. It went for really? 300 bucks. Like, oh it was God. kind of ratty, but that just, whoa, $300. I think Joan won the- it. How the mighty have fallen. God, I right? paid so much more for mine. There was like a there was a small cache of them found somewhere, but yep. like not enough to crash the price like that overnight. Oh, well, but there was only like 10 people who wanted one. And after fighting to get mine so hard, then like literally six months later, that cache was found. And I was just like, well, that's a kick in the nuts. Never getting that money back. <laughs> well, light it on fire, boys. Oh, when yeah. some, you lose some. Just let everyone go out and look for a new leaf card. I want one. I don't want one like $1,500 want one, but uh, feel free to put me in second place when I'm bidding on those for the rest of my life. That'll be super fun. Nice. Good What'd job. you get, Johnny? Um, I bought so little. I, I bought an orange tree. Does that count? Uh, No. What? Is this what you yeah. do in California? Yeah. Well, all we do is buy trees here. Uh, no, like we, we had to do some yard work and I had this tree removed a little while ago. And now in that spot, it was this, it wasn't a tree. It was this giant ficus bush that I hated. And, um, you know, I bought an orange tree instead, like I and, and put it there. And so that was a little bit of money and we just like house stuff, just house stuff. So most of my money went to adult Harry Potter things. board games. Uh, well, yeah, we bought some of those, uh, for my son. So these, these are my wife's purchases though. We did buy the funniest thing and she just posted it on her Instagram is she put this in her son's room. Okay. It's 
uh, Harry Potter, um, Ilops Owl Emporium, uh, Owl Pellet Kit. What? So, this is a kit that was sold, and in it, they gave you a few owl pellets, and you dissect okay. them and look through it. It gives you instructions on like how to dissect. Poop? Is that what we're talking yeah. about? Yes. Owl poop. I'm out on the Harry Potter collecting community. <laughs> this was like some weird vintage item from back in the day because people were like super into owls. I don't. This, it was like the weirdest thing. My wife just thought it was hilarious that this thing exists, and she found a new one, so she just bought it. And she's like, "That's on the shelf. Hopefully, he never wants to use it because <laughs> it's such a collector's <laughs> item." Yeah, and then she bought like she bought him some of the board games, like you know. Not like a board game you and I would necessarily go and play. Fo- focus more towards kids. Some of the little card games, some some Uno stuff. You know that that would be appropriate for like a younger child. So when he gets a little older, he got some kid games to play for him, uh, and it looks nice on the shelf in our theme nursery. Yeah, he's gonna hate have, all this shit and want to throw it away. <laughs> he'll have something he likes. He likes Uno. He just hates all this Harry Potter crap you got all around him. Yep. Yeah, he's he's gonna hate it so much. I feel so bad for him. But uh, yeah, I I bought like what did I buy? I bought Discworld Two for the PS One. Oh, you got it! You're not just complaining about the price of it. You did buy Discworld Two. Uh, no, I bought it. I was just com- griping about the uh, price because I didn't want to pay fifty dollars for it, and I did. Literally, a game that only a grumbly PS One collector would ever buy or think about. Well, it's no, it's Terry Pratchett. Like I like Terry Pratchett. It's a whole series of books. It's like there's even an unreleased one. Well. Not released in this territory. It's Discworld Noir that was only a PAL copy, which makes me very sad. So there's like a piece of the series that isn't here. I, I went through a whole list of of PS1 games that weren't that were like PAL exclusives, not released here. Cause you'd think, man, the US got like thirteen hundred games. How many could they have missed from Europe? The answer is like three hundred. And from Japan it's like two thousand or something. Ridiculous. Anyways, cool. yeah, I Terry didn't play Pratchett, anything. get your shit together. Your audiobooks on Audible, like, different Discworld books are available at different times. So, like, you can't get Discworld 1, but you might be able to get, like, 4 through 15. I don't know. I can't get into Discworld because I, like, literally can't buy the books. We are so off topic, really? Johnny. Have you played video games? Yeah. yeah. No, I just said no. I've, like, oh. it's been the baby. I've returned to work now. So, it's, like, it's been crazy. I'm just trying to, to get through. I've been playing uh, Link's Awakening. Have you heard of that game, The Legend of Zelda? No. What What is that rare, obscure indie game that you're so fond of? Oh, yeah. It turns out uh, Link's Awakening is freaking fantastic. I, I have played it as a kid, but the original Game Boy version, uh, I must have got it like when I had a Game Boy Color because I didn't have a Game Boy. Uh, it had this glitch where you could press the map button when you changed screens and it would warp you to the other end of the next screen you were on. And I'm pretty sure I abused that glitch endlessly and just got through the entire game without actually solving any of the puzzles. Uh, so it was really fun to go back and actually beat that game, which was... Are you excited for the, uh, the re-release? No, not at all. That game looks so ugly and stupid, and I don't care about re-releases. Uh, but I was 100%. really... Like, top five Zelda game. I mean, that sounds stupid, but there's so many Zelda games, I think top five is actually a distinction for Zelda games. I think uh, so, too. Really kind of challenging puzzles at the end. Uh, super long, too. It took me, like, 15 hours, maybe. Uh, I thought it was going to be, like, a little five-hour Game Boy game, but no. I'm 
Totally legit. Give me your top five Zelda games. Go. Well, let's talk about it. Uh, Ocarina of Time, Link to the Past, Majora's Mask, Breath of the Wild, Link's Awakening. Did I forget something really? No, I think that's pretty solid. Nice. Yeah. Um, I I think I have... uh, See, I'm conflicted because I love Breath of the Wild and Zelda 2 and Zelda, the original. Like, Ocarina of Time isn't really on there for me just because I didn't love it the first time I played through it. Majora's Mask, same. I, my like weird choice, I obviously linked to the past. It's on there. My weird choice is, uh, um, oh my god, lost the name. All of a sudden, fell out of my brain. Oh, where did it go, Tyler? Oracle Games, Help. the one where the no, bird is your hat. Minish the GBA, Cap, yeah, yeah, Minish Cap. Thank you. Oh my god, <laughs> brain just died right there. I'm so tired. Uh, yeah, Minish Cap. I love that game. I thought, even though it was by Capcom. Like, I, I thought they did a really good job. I enjoyed the Minish Cap game more than I should have. And I thought I was going to hate it, and I wound up loving it. You guys know I don't like playing portable games, and I played it on a portable system the whole time. Yeah, it was really weird how much I liked that game. I'm, it's a Zelda game. They're all good. They're, like, they're, like, all really good, except for Skyward Sword. Yeah. Oh, Skyward Sword. Bottom. Bottom game. Yep. Yeah. Uh, right. So yeah, that's Collector's Quest. We're telling you that Zelda games are good. That's where we've gotten to at hour two of this podcast, where we started off thirty minutes talking about some guy's collection, which we barely had any video footage of. That's our show today, Tower. Where can we find you? I guess Instagram and GameTZ and Nintendo Age. I'm default Gen. And you can find Stefan at Archon1981. He's also got a YouTube channel that he's very heavily promoting. So I will do him the favor of shouting that out for him. Guys, go look at Stefan's YouTube. He, he needs the views. Help monetize him a little better. Um, you can find me on YouTube, but I wouldn't advise it. There's nothing great there. And you can find me on Instagram and Nintendo Age. I'm Johnny on Nintendo Age, if you're wondering who that is, because I'm a diva. And on Instagram, I'm Johnny underscore Ayuchi, as you probably already know. That's it. Anything else, Tyler, before we're out of here? No. No. Boom. Done. Podcast over. We did Bye. it. Bye.